Hey everyone, welcome to episode 7 of Librarians Assemble, your premier audio resource for all things libraries and comics. I'm your host, Josh Stone. Today is going to be mostly about comic book conventions. Our librarian guest today is Ivy. She's a public librarian just outside of Philadelphia, and she's really, really into comics and comes with a lot of cool ideas, so you're really going to want to hear that interview. Uh, before that, though, we're talking again with Angel, and Angel and I talk about a lot of the cons here in Florida and our experience with them. And then toward the end of that, you'll you, if you listen closely, you'll hear the hooves come in and you'll hear me get up on my high horse about libraries and local comic shops and the role that they can have in the comic book circuit. So before we get started, um, just some house business here. Please check us out on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at AssemblePodcast. The website is obviously librariansassemble.com. If you haven't been there yet, please go. Wherever you listen to us, please take the time to rate and review us. I'd really, really appreciate it. It's going to help us get our name out there, help, you know, just all around get some exposure. I'd really appreciate it. Whether it's iTunes or, or Stitcher, I'm not quite sure where else we are that has a rating system. But please take the time. I'd really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or if you'd like to share some ideas that you have, you can always email me. The email address is librariansassemble at gmail.com. I always forget there's also a Facebook page, facebook.com slash librariansassemble. If you want to like us on Facebook, that'd be awesome, and I need to update that more often. And finally, um, if you like what you hear here, here if you liked what you hear here if you like what you hear on our podcast please support our patreon account patreon.com slash librarians assemble you can pretty much type anything into the internet and followed by slash librarians assemble chances are it's going to be there anyway um so our patreon thing is a way to just help support the show you can donate anything from a dollar a month to, like, I think it was $10 a month, something like that. But the more you, you give, the more you get. So for people who pledge 5 to $10 a month, we have access to special podcasts that we record, whether it's me and Angel, whether it's me and Christina, have ones coming up with my, my kid, we're going to do some. And, you know, those will only be available to our Patreon supporters. You'll also get your name listed on the website under the Friends of Librarians Assemble section. It's currently barren right now, so please help us out. Take a minute, whatever you can. We'd really appreciate it. So coming up now, we're going to be talking to Angel. Like I said, Angel and I are going to be talking about local comic cons in the Florida area. And then after that, we'll talk to Ivy who's a public librarian in Philadelphia. She's going to give a lot of great comic book recommendations. She's going to talk about a a wonderful organization called the Valkyries. And then just a, a wealth of information about putting on a local con at your library. So please listen to that. It's, it's really good. Okay. See you guys in a second. So this is part one of our con special, and Angel is back, everyone. I know you've all been wanting to know where she's at, so let's find out where she's at. Angel, what's going on? I have had a crazy fun time, uh, especially recently this weekend. I got to go to Mizucon in Miami. 
it is the sixth annual Mizukon, and it is held at the Miami Airport Convention Center. Cool. Uh, it was super fun. Uh, they have lots of fun different vendors, and um, especially like they have an- it's mainly an anime convention, mm-hmm. and so they had a ton of manga that you usually can't get elsewhere uh, for sale. And they had some super awesome uh, manga-style artists. Um, my favorite uh, is that yesterday on Saturday night at 7.30, they had the 3000 Brigade perform. Okay. Uh, Who's that? The 3000 Brigade is a cosplay performing troupe um, based out of Broward County. What? what? And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm lucky enough to know a bunch of them because they are not only my Brigadier family, they are also my taste people. Um, but they work really hard and they perform once a year, usually at MizuCon lately. Okay. Um, and they do the Super Bro- uh, it's called a Smash Brothers show. Um, is it like a wrestling thing? Oh, no. It's <laughs> all Nintendo based. <laughs> oh, wow, awesome. Yes. Um, they have a lot of the previous performances are up on YouTube on their 3000 Brigade channel. Um, but most recently, the one from uh, last night was super fantastic and all about the forgotten villains of Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Which you don't really think about. Um, But it was really cool because they did a whole the forgotten villains did a a spell and gender bent the main characters. So there was female (laughs) Mario and female Luigi. That's cool. And then male Zelda and Red Link was a girl. Cool. (laughs) Um, and it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Usually has super great participation in the audience. So uh, um, you said Mizukan's been going on for six years. Yeah. Um, I this is honestly I feel like a real asshole. This is the first <laughs> year I've actually heard about it when you told me you were going to it. Um, can you talk a little bit about like how how long has it been at the airport convention center? Has it always been there? Like has it grown uh, from a smaller venue? Do you know? Like I, how many times have you gone? The last two years. Okay. And from what I know of, it's been at the Miami Airport Convention Center, I think the last three or four years. Okay. Um, but they have um, interesting guests. Like, uh, they had Johnny Bosch, who was the Green Turbo Ranger from Mighty <laughs> Power Rangers. Cool. Um, and another one of my favorites, who is, his name is Bruce, and he's the No Ordinary Balloon Man. And he makes the craziest sculptures out of balloons. <laughs> um, so, made, um, like, like what kind of sculptures? He made a giant Attack on Titan Titan oh, out Jesus. of Like how he, big? Um, I want to say it was like seven feet tall. No way. Out of balloons? Yeah. Out of balloons. Shut out of balloons. up. That's crazy. <laughs> and he also made this massive six or seven foot tall Big Daddy, <laughs> which the arm with the... the it looks like a screw. I can never remember what the name of it is. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> a, a screw? Yeah, there, there are a lot of screws. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Corkscrew? Don't know. The big arm that Big Daddy has. The, I don't know. I don't... It looks like a giant drill. A there drill. Okay. Yes. A drill is not a screw. You see that out of balloons, though? It's hysterical. That's pretty cool. <laughs> so. I can't even uh, imagine how somebody would do that. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. So, what are some of your highlights? We'll talk a little bit more about the Three Thousand Brigade in a minute. What were some of your um, 
What were some of your highlights from uh, this year? The Royal Chessman is another acting troupe that shows up at MizuCon. What is it? The Royal Chessman? Yes, the Royal Chessman. Like the game? Kind of. No, I'm just saying, like, uh, that. Is that the spelling? Yes. Okay. Like the game. Um, but they are kind of renaissance themed. Hmm. Um, and they do, like, staged combat and a live actual chess game. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, and like they have like a King Arthur type theme um, and piratey stuff, and uh, they they're always fun to watch. And then what else? Uh, there's a band there that comes through to a lot of the different anime conventions called mm-hmm. I Shine. What is uh, it? I Shine. I Shine. E Y S H I N E. Okay. Um, I think they're from California. Uh, but they do a lot of the different anime conventions. Um, and they're really cool. Cool. They're, they're one of the classic loud, <laughs> loud fun bands that kind of gets everybody going. Um, and then they have a super awesome thing, which I love. And it's, it's really interesting. They have their own um, uh, like diner that they, it's like a, a pop-up diner. Oh, thing. really? And That's they cool. make ramen. They make ramen there, and they have ramen the Japanese soda, and little different Japanese snacks that you can buy. Oh, that's awesome! Like they have the uh, cool anime-made outfit that mm-hmm. the ladies and gentlemen wear to bring cool. you your food. Awesome! Um, and they have different panels. Uh, like there was a a pun panel, which is my favorite. A pun panel. A pun panel. That's amazing. <laughs> and they I love puns. They crown a pun dog oh. every. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's hysterical. That's it's awesome. Hysterical. I love it. Okay, so um, yeah, so this is our con special because besides Angel talking a lot about her con experiences, our other guest today, Ivy, will talk a lot about doing library cons putting on one and also attending a, you know, doing panels at cons as for libraries. So let's talk a little bit about this 3000 brigade that you are, you're a part of. Um, Tell us how they got started and some of the fun stuff they've done. It started out uh, a bunch of friends who love to cosplay and like to perform and got together. This was long before I ever knew them. Um, And, they put together a show and they got to perform at a local South Florida con and it kind of grew from there. Uh, they've done a lot of um, Nintendo and nerd based shows and this was their 10th show mm-hmm. uh, oh, wow. on Saturday and they're, they're just super cool people mm-hmm. and they have some crazy talented cosplay people, which I'm super jealous of their <laughs> So do you perform with them or you just hang out with them? No, I just, they're my, my friends. You okay, I'm so you. enough that they're my friends. So you're, you're like their cheerleader. <laughs> yes, I am a cheerleader. I'm definitely a, a three, 3KB cheerleader. <laughs> everybody, everybody needs a good cheerleader. Um, but yeah, I'm super jealous of the cosplay abilities of some of these people. It's cool. insane to me. <laughs> cool. And so are they only South Florida based? Do they travel much or what's up? Um, they're South Florida based. Um, they have, like I said, the last couple of years they've been at MizuCon. Um, 
they all live down here and work mm-hmm. down here. So travel is not, I mean, they all have regular jobs. This is something they do on their off time. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of money to be made in Yeah, there's cosplay. not. <laughs> a lot of it, all of the, the money for costumes and stuff comes out of their own pockets. Mm-hmm. And they all, you know, get together and they practice on their own time. And I know they start practicing, like, for an October show. They started practicing, I want to say, in July. Wow. Um, That's good dedication. They do, I think they started out with like two or three practices a month and then getting down to crunch time like last week. I know they they met up and practiced or did run-throughs like all week last week. Very cool. So, so they're dedicated. So is this theater as in like, is there a script or is it like mime theater yeah. like to music or what is it? No, it, there's a script okay. um, and Aaron writes the script. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Hurst, she is super awesome and amazing, and I love her. Uh, and she's a teacher by day, which makes her even more awesome. Oh, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, she writes a script, and um, I think a couple of them collaborate with her. Um, but they all they pre-record everything um, so that they can play it on the uh, stereo, okay. so everybody can hear it. You don't ever have to worry about like projecting your voice and all that kind of stuff. That's very good. Um. But yeah, it's scripted, and everybody comes in. They they act out their parts. There's always Mario and Luigi, who <laughs> are hysterical, hysterical every single time. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a super awesome Bowser, uh, and she's it's played by a lovely lady, and she is his, absolutely the funniest Bowser I've ever met in my entire life. Have you met many Bowsers in your life, Angel? Uh, three. At different cons. Okay. okay. <laughs> but she is my friend. <laughs> okay, so um, since this is our con episode, more or less, um, this is going up the week of New York Comic Con. And yeah. everyone knows about New York Comic Con. Everyone knows about San Diego Comic Con. Everyone knows about Dragon Con. And since Angel and I are South Florida people... And many of the guests on this podcast have been South Florida librarians. I want to take the first part of this show to talk about some of the great and fun cons being offered throughout Florida. So I think it's only right that we start with the biggest, the mega con, if you will, in uh, Orlando. I personally, confession, have actually never been to the mega con, but Angel has been multiple times. (laughs) <laughs> and she loves it. Um, so, Angel, talk a little bit about, tell the folks out there who might be listening from anywhere outside of the state of Florida what MegaCon is and why it's amazing. MegaCon is essentially a giant uh, nerd get-together. <laughs> we ha- They have fun um, guests from all different genres. There's people who star in movies, especially like the comic book movies. Um there are actors from TV shows, like a the ton of the Walking Dead guys came last year, or this past year. Um, and in addition, since Norman Reedus was there, they also had the guys from Boondock Saints come out. Oh, that's so, right. That was MegaCon that did that. It was that. like a school reunion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then there's, of course, the comic book artists, and they pull some amazing artists, which it never ceases to amaze me how amazing their lineups usually are we are we do and i i i've never been but obviously i i'm you know in florida and i'm on the internet so i know who goes Mm -hmm. um 
And for a Florida con, I am always very, very impressed with the the talent and the the like stardom that they can get for a Florida con because nothing like you know I'm sure people listening outside of Florida are like yeah because Florida sucks but <laughs> be that as it may um, Florida is really fucking hard to get to exactly if you're not already in it like you're not you don't go to Florida on your way to something else like no. it is it is the final destination sadly for many people um, yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's, um, you know, like you're not just passing through Florida, you know, like, you know, like a con in Georgia, you might be able to stop through there and then head up to another one or a con in New York. Everyone's kind of centrally located in that area anyway, or a lot of people are one in Orlando takes some dedication to get to. So I'm always very, very impressed with, with the people they get. So how was your experience this year at, um, Megacon? And also when, when generally is Megacon? Cause I don't, I don't remember now is generally in may the end of may um that's, that's my birthday maybe that's why i never go maybe i'm like man i don't want to travel for my birthday <laughs> that could be it that could be it but the highlight of my megacon this past year was i got to meet and take a picture with stan lee and oh that's awesome that's right that's right i saw that my little nerd heart like it was amazing because they have when you go to sign up to because you was that you, this year or last year that, that was, was last year, right? No, that was this year. That was this year? Yeah. I don't know why I'm arguing you, with you about something that happened in your own life, but <laughs> I feel very confident that this was last year. No, it was this May, this past May. All right, fine. And, um, Stick to your guns. When you, when you choose to do a photo op, you can either purchase it online beforehand or the day of or the start of the convention on site. Mm-hmm. And we chose to purchase before we left because we wanted to make sure we had the unavailable slot earlier in the day because mm-hmm. and we do one of my tips and tricks is if you're going to meet somebody on Saturday, do it early in the day mm-hmm. because it gets insane by the end of the day and late afternoon on Saturday. Yeah. I will agree to that. I've never been to MegaCon, but I've been to, I've been to one in Miami that's getting larger and larger every year. And yeah, I, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Saturdays are the absolute worst <laughs> to be I'm, there past noon. I appreciate the early day on Friday, um, but, well, and next year, well, this coming, in 2016, Megacon is actually going to be open on Thursday as well. Um, it's only going to be an afternoon thing, Thursday, mm-hmm. I think, from 4 to 9, and then Friday will be open their normal 10 to 7. Cool. But, um, but yeah, I was super excited, and we booked our tickets in advance, and we get to the thing, and... I've always wanted to hug Stanley. It's my, Who hasn't? It's my bucket list. <laughs> Who hasn't and wanted to hug him? Exactly, right? He's an adorable, wonderful man who has brought much joy to my life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are some things that you can say that, you know, Stanley might have questionably done in the past as far as other artists and their, their, doing, their dues, but... True. <laughs> whatever. He's still awesome. He's still awesome. Um, but yeah, we got our tickets to my husband. And I, I say we, my husband and I got our tickets. Oh to yeah, go that's to right. Him. He's not been on the show. So people might not know you're talking I, about Chris. <laughs> I'm talking about some crazy dude. Yes. Uh, my husband and I got our tickets to go and I was super scared because as we walk up, it says there's giant signs saying no touching, no personal cameras. Um, don't talk to them too much, which as a person who is now just paid, you know, 50 bucks to go see and take a picture with a person, I want to at least say hi. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get it. And that's, let's, let's put a pin in, in that discussion. I think we can 
milk some good stuff out of that out of <laughs> the the whole con experience as far as that goes but go ahead finish your uh your stanley stuff yes so i was super excited i see these signs though so i was getting nervous and you you can kind of see the first couple people ahead of you as you finally get up to where you're taking this picture and the guy ahead of me did the whole like hover arm like fake fake over stanley's shoulder and the next girls they were very giggly and adorable and you know flanked him and took their picture and he kind of was just sitting there hanging out smiling and they ask you to put your if you have a bag to put it on the table before you walk up to him and so i put my bag on the table and as i go to walk up to him he literally just turns around and puts his arms out to hug me and i was like Oh God, he he wants to hug me. I'm not saying no. He put his arms out. I'm not gonna say no to Stanley. No, you can't say no to a Stanley hug. I go to hug him, and the the photographer lady's like, "No touching," and he literally just waves her off. And I was like, "Oh God, this is the best moment of my life." And my husband's in the, next to me, going, "Please don't cry for the photo. Please don't cry." That's for awesome. The photo. <laughs> but um, yes, I got a hug from Stanley. He shook my husband's hand. We took the picture. I told him how awesome he was. Um. I, I love nail art, and my super awesome nail lady did my nails, um, Stanley, on my on my thumbnail. Oh. So I showed him my thumb with his face on it. That's awesome. He thought it was super cool. And so, yeah, it was highlight of my life. <laughs> How couldn't it be? Exactly. Okay, so let's talk a minute about the con experience. And you and I are talking as people who visit cons as guests not as anyone worth anyone's attention um it's really uncomfortable and i get where where these rules come from of no you know no over you know not no touching no no excessive conversation try not you know don't use your own photos don't you know try not to take pictures of the people while they're at their booth because they want to get the money you know, yeah. through the, the professional photo ops. I, I get it all. But it's gotten to the point now where it's really um it's really offensive because mm-hmm. like you're dropping a shit ton of money to go yeah. to these conventions and these professional photo ops and I know I know the price isn't always set or even ever set by the person who's the you know, the celebrity. Yeah. And most of the time, if not all of the time, it's set by the convention itself. Yeah. And the people, because the people get paid up front. Yeah, the people, the the guests and um, different attraction people, mm-hmm. they get paid a flat rate up yeah. front. Uh, so the they're not making the money off the photo ops. They're That's the con reaping their money back. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, once you find that out, like once you realize that, that's when it gets really... Annoying. Uh oh, dog fight. <laughs> it's like, I just oh my god, I just went through a dog fight myself, man. No, it was heaven forbid the front door opened. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah, God like mine was God forbid another dog should exist as we walk. Oh uh, yes. Oh yes. Oh. <laughs> um so anyway, enough about dogs. Um Yeah, and so I I, I find it really off putting these days that it it seems like it's getting worse every time i go to a convention and again i i tend to only go to the the miami based ones just because of location um because again if you're thinking about it i'm you know like it's me it's christina and it's amira 
So there's yeah. three of us. If we all went to like a bigger con outside of the area, it'd be more gas. It'd be probably you know hotel stay. It'd be all this other extra funds. Yeah. And then on top of that, you got your goddamn fifty dollar a pop photo ops, thirty dollar a pop for lesser celebrities. You got all the stuff at the con to buy. Like, it's really. Well, it, and if you're anything like me, you're buying at least like three or four prints from Artist Alley. Yeah, and that, and honestly, that to me, that's where your goddamn money should be going. Yeah. Because those people are paid less, if at all, to go. And they're the they make that that's how they make their money. Like even these artists that are paid to attend the convention, they're not paid as much as Stan Lee to go to the convention, and they're not paid as much throughout the year as far as like their comic sales go. Like they get a smaller portion of that. So this is their one chance to basically make like on unadulterated money. You know, like there's no there's you know no cut coming going to dc or marvel it's going straight to them and then obviously uncle sam later in the year but maybe you know depends on how they do their taxes (laughs) that's up to them i'm not here to here to tell them how to do their taxes Uh, but yeah i mean that's something that bugs me about cons and i I don't want to spend the rest of our time on that but i do want that to be known that like cons should be for the fans yeah. And it should be a way for fans to meet the people who they've elevated. Like, without the people going to cons, you know, as much as I love Hallie Otwell and, and Chris Evans and oh, yeah. fucking Greg Clark or whatever his name is from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all these people, they wouldn't be celebrities if it weren't for comic book fans. Yeah. You know, like, they wouldn't, they just wouldn't be. I mean, think of how many people are only famous... Because of their comic book movie or television show, yeah. and it's just, it's really, it's getting, it's getting really, like, it's just starting to bother me. So I wanted to rant about it. Uh-huh. Do you want to rant about it a little bit too, or no? You want more? Well, on? my thing is, um, especially this past year, when we were looking at some of the photo ops of who we would want to go see, because mm-hmm. the only photo op we ended up doing was Stan Lee. And um, yeah, I mean, because I'm not going to pass up. Because the last time we went to MegaCon. He was supposed to be down there, and he ended up having to cancel right before the show. And it broke yeah. my little heart, because I desperately wanted to see him. Um, also, in part, side note, um, part of the reason I love him so much is because um, my dad loves comics, mm-hmm. and he, in particular, loved Spider-Man. And so it was fun growing up, because he had some of the Spanish versions of oh, Spider-Man. Awesome. And so he would kind of go back and forth, and that was one of the many ways he learned, like, English slang. <laughs> oh, awesome. In the translation of the comic. There's a um, complete fucking side note here. Um, there's a new comic out right now, a new graphic novel, that I'm trying to strong-arm Amira into doing a podcast review with me about. It's called Sunny Side Up. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. I haven't it's really really good there's a scene in there i'm not you know i'm not spoiling anything with this but there's a scene in there one it's set in south florida which is amazing but um the girl um it's at a retirement home and this girl meets the only other kid there and he's a hispanic kid 
and she ends up having dinner at their house and she finds out that that kid's dad is a huge comic book fan too and he shows her his library which is all comic books and he's he made a point like that's one of the ways he learned learned english too like you know like reading spider-man and all that stuff so i think you, i think you might enjoy that comic just based on that part oh yeah I, I will definitely read it. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta, um, Amir, Amir loves you, so you gotta str- yeah. help me strong arm her into doing that podcast. Yeah, I can do that. <laughs> as, as she told me last time I tried to guilt her, she told me, uh, I'm sorry, I have middle school to do. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, but we have weekends, yo. <laughs> yeah, that's what weekends are for. Yeah. So anyway. Get done on Friday. Be, mm-hmm. a, be a nerd like me and get your homework done on Friday so you have the whole weekend to do yeah. whatever. See, that's the problem. She's not a nerd like you. She's a procrastinator like me. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, I was always eager to get my work done so that I had the whole weekend to do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I didn't have to worry about being the crunch time on Sunday night before next fall Monday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, no one wants to hear about our homework adventures. (laughs) Okay, so Megacon. Is there anything else you want to say about Megacon? Oh, yeah, that's what... uh, back to my slight oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're talking about uh, your dad. yeah so yeah we bought tickets to go do the photo op and it included two adults so it was 50 bucks for two adults so it was that's 25 dollars a piece essentially that's not that and, but what killed me was um the the listings of the other prices for people um like Norman, to get a picture with Norman Reedus was more expensive than Stanley. Yeah, because he's and currently more famous. Than he's currently, yeah, he's you know he's Daryl Dixon, which don't get me wrong, I love Walking Dead and I love the show and it's fantastic. I like it separate from the comics, which is a whole other thing. But um, <laughs> I I like the show and I love Daryl's character, but to me stan lee deserves top billing over daryl dixon and i guess that's just my old school way of thinking because yeah. uh, no, he I, had I agree with you but yeah lines. he had huge lines mm-hmm. um but like will wheaton was only like 10 bucks cheaper than stan lee which is ridiculous and like, don't get me wrong will wheaton has his people but yeah but he but are not in the stan lee caliber my friend <laughs> he shouldn't even be in the daryl category no, like no. He's only famous because of Twitter at this point. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Don't hand me some bullshit about Star Trek: The Next Generation. He was in it for what, like two seasons? Come on. He was annoying. He was right. annoying in Star Trek. Whatever. I'm not even a big Star Trek. <laughs> anyway, but, um, anyway, yeah, that's and that's that's what happened with us. Um, so one of the other, one of the other large conventions in Florida is in Miami. It's called the Supercon. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the Megacon. No. Um, there are only so many names for cons that exist in the world. <laughs> um, that's not a that's not a dig at anybody. It's just like, really, what are you going to do? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's the last time we went because we skipped this past year. We went the year before, and that's what we did this that year too. We looked at the list and we're like, oh, there's so many people we'd like to meet. However, these prices are getting ridiculous, and we've generally never paid for a photo op with somebody because we've been lucky enough to like the smaller people more than the big people at the conventions. So like we've been, we've gotten free pictures with our phones pretty much. Um, but this time, and I'm blanking on her real name, Amy Pond from Dr. Who, Karen Gillian, right? Car- yeah, Karen Gillian. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Amy Pond doesn't matter what her real name is. Um, Amira, Amira, that's like her favorite, 
her favorite companion. Even though Amira never wants to pick favorites, that's her favorite companion. We all know it. And she's one of my favorite companions, too. She's no Rose Tyler, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, I'm a Donna Noble girl. What's up? I'm a Donna Noble girl. Oh, absolutely. She, she's... She's a queen of sass. She is. Her. Yeah, yeah. No, like, <laughs> she should be everyone's favorite. And yeah. she's right... She's definitely in the top three for me. Like, Donna Noble is amazing. Anyway, so um, that's what that's how we did. We're like, all right, so we'll we have to pay for this one because it's Amy Pond. Yeah. And then everything else was like, well, we're not doing any of the other shit though. Like, I'm not spending whatever it was like thirty, forty bucks for a picture with Amy Pond, and then another forty bucks for a picture with the dude, you know, Cal Drogo or some shit like that. Uh, you know, like it's just not happening. Who was so, in all, what, like, three episodes of Game of Thrones? Before? Yeah, talk, again, talk about, <laughs> like, you know, like, as handsome as he is, as amazing as he, he's turning out to be as far as an actor goes, would not be famous, would not be warranting $40 a photo pop if not for an, a geek-driven show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it was, it's funny, and, but... Again, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, keep the line moving, keep the line moving, keep the line moving. Yeah. And you can tell just how uncomfortable they are with that. Like, the celebrities, I mean. Like, you know, it's tiring. Yeah. Like, I work with the public. You work with the public. It's tiring to, like, be friendly mm-hmm. with a bunch of people you don't know all day long. Um, But, you know, like, they do a really good job. Amy Pond was really sweet. She was really sweet with Amira, you know. Like, she, you know, gave her a hug and sent her on her way. You know, like, it was nice. And Amira has a fun memory of it. And Amy Pond has no memory of it, you know. Like, but (laughs) it's it's just, like, it's just really annoying that so much money goes to it. And, like, the con's like, nope, got to move. And, like, I I get it. Like, it's a double-edged sword. Because, like, no, I would not want to be in a position where... If the tables are turned, I have to sit there. Like some person's like, well, I paid $50, so I get to talk to you for a half hour. Because, God, I don't want to be in that position. But, like, to put, like, the limitation no talking at all, like, come on, man. People spent money. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do? Anyway, so some of the other Florida cons. Uh, I just mentioned SuperCon. I don't know statistically-wise, but I feel like that's probably the second biggest convention in Florida now. Um it's probably followed closely by what is it called the Tampa Bay Comic Con. Oh wait, no. I think Tampa Bay was I don't know. They may have tied for a second. I don't know, but Tampa Bay is a big one now. Yeah, it's gotten bigger too. Yeah, SuperCon and Tampa Bay every year get bigger and bigger. I mean, they'll never touch MegaCon, but they keep getting bigger and bigger. And then one of the other big ones we have that's slowly getting larger as well. It's done by the same people who do the SuperCon. It's also in Miami. We have it's called Animate Miami. Yeah. And it started as mostly an anime convention, but it's grown to include just more cartoon-based stuff. Thus Animate. Yeah. Um I um how do I want to say this? I don't know the people who put these cons on. I don't know anybody, really. Um I just sit in a tiny little room and talk on a microphone. But um <laughs> The first, uh, the first Animate Miami we went to as a family was, I think, the second Animate Miami ever, mm-hmm. and it was the most adorable thing I had ever been a part of. Like, <laughs> I wanted to cry the entire time I was there. Like, it was nothing because it was still more of an anime thing. And that year they had like a big My Little Pony 
element to it. Like a bunch of the voice actors from My Little Pony, the new My Little Pony, were there. And this is back when Amir was really, really into My Little Pony. And um, so it was all these little kids, like anywhere between like ten to high school age kids. Mm-hmm. And it was like they could finally be themselves. Like, you saw all these little kids just interacting with... There's very few parents around with them. Like, Christina and I were the only parents, it seemed like, for many chunks of the time. Yeah. And it was just so cute to see all these kids be so, like, happy and, like, carefree. And you could tell, like, they just were being themselves. And they were happy to be around other people who shared the same interest. And it was... And I think... The biggest problem with that is, like, nothing else is ever... It's it's like a drug. Like, nothing else is ever going to give me that same high of seeing as many young geeks be as comfortable and fun as, and having as, fun, as much fun as they were ever again. Like, the next Animate Miami I went to, nothing. It felt like just another, another con, another money thing. The first one felt like it wasn't about the money. It was just about fucking kids having fun. And that's what cons should be. And that's what a lot of cons are. And I think that's what's really important. And I think that's what's being lost a little bit in this con, you know, this monopolizing of cons or monetizing, I should say, of of cons is that everything has become about how much money we can make out of this. How much money can we make out of this star? How much money can we make out of this star? And not enough emphasis is being put into how much money can we just make and have a fun little day for people like a fun fucking thing to do because you're still going to make money well and don't get me wrong i totally get i mean i'm a grown-up i understand that there's a need for people to make money and, and i do too i you know. know profit and all that kind of stuff listen you're the you're the person on the show who represents the the business side of things i'm the librarian on the show i run i work the nonprofit. i work this angle you work the no shut up josh you know <laughs> businesses need to make money part See, but I agree with you. There's got to be a, a middle ground where you're making money, but you're not, you know, gouging people, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which and- I think is a great segue into our interview today with Ivy, because Ivy, you'll hear a lot about. And you'll hear, if you listen closely to the interview with Ivy, you will hear the insane jealousy in my voice <laughs> over what she's been able to accomplish at her library. And one of those things, you know, please listen to the interview. You'll get way more information out of it than what I'm about to say now. Um, One of those things is she's put on a comic con at her library called Instacon. And it started, you know, started small. It's huge. It's huge. They get huge numbers now. And that's pretty much what it is. It's for the kids. It started, Ivy started it because there was a kid who couldn't go to one of the big cons and she wanted to know if the library would do a con, and so Ivy did. She started her own con there. And I think libraries can be this thing now. I, you know, there are a lot of instances of libraries. You know, this isn't something unique to Ivy's library. There are a lot of uh, libraries out there, public libraries out there, doing their own small version of comic cons. And a lot of them plan it the same week as the big comic con in San Diego Yeah. for that reason, because not everyone can go. Well, and, like, Tate's does not at Comic-Con every And day. Tate's does one, too, which, again, yeah. is small, and it's a great way for people to just show up in costumes and have fun. Well, and it's one of those things that I, 
that was one of my first events that I went to at Take as a customer. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to me that it's free, number mm-hmm. one. Um, there's, they have an artist alley and they have a not at comic con comic book every year mm-hmm. that they print on their own and hand out for free to everybody. And you can go down artist alley and have the artist sign or yeah. the artist will do sketches for you right there. And then they have a cosplay parade mm-hmm. and it's, it's just a super cool, fun event to be able to go to for the day. And it's one of those, again, I, I totally understand what you mean about the, the high that you get from seeing the next generation of geek and nerd mm-hmm. get to be in their element. And I'm lucky enough that I, I get to see that on a daily basis most of the time. And it's just, I, I can't, I don't think I'll ever get over being able to show kids like mm-hmm. new and stuff. Like I had a kid come in today who super loved Batman and wanted to know an older Batman comic that he should read. And I, my automatic is Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. It's one of my favorites. And it was one of the talking, I mean, my husband got me to read it. And mm-hmm. it was those, how did I not know this existed before? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I showed him that and I showed him Flashpoint. And it's one of those things where he's already reading it. Like as his dad is buying it for him, he's already mm-hmm. It and reading it, and he's like, This is awesome! Yeah. I'm so, and it was like one of those things, and you're like, It's a little thing, but I get to share this with the next generation of comic, comic kids, and it's it's just a fun feeling, and it's nice to be able to share it. And I don't, I don't think people can appreciate it unless you've, you've gotten to see kids. Yeah. And that's we'll wrap up here, and then we'll get into our interview with Ivy. But that's that's what I want to say about this this particular episode. I think this episode can serve for librarians or any non librarians who who listen to this show. I think this can serve as as what our our benchmark should be, what our our goal should be is. As librarians who are listening to a show like this, you're obviously passionate about comics, just as we are. Um, and so, if you're going to do fun stuff like that that's the that's the void we can fill because right now these big comic conventions and even mid-sized comic conventions across the country are doing a great service and are doing really fun stuff and people are loving them but they're expensive even the mid-sized ones Mm -hmm. and so local comic shops and local libraries have an opportunity to fill that void for people who can't either afford it or can't go there, or even if they can't afford it, can't make it all the way to their nearest comic book convention. And we have the opportunity as, as lo- as librarians and as you know, local comic shop owners and employees, we have the opportunity to be there for them. We have the opportunity to, like you said, pass this on to the next generation of nerds and, even if it's something as simple like I've I've seen somewhere somebody doing like a nerd prom, like anything like that, anything to give, you know, kids who are into different things. And it's hard to really make this point now when comic books are so damn mainstream. But <laughs> you know, like kids who back re- in our day, yeah, and and even still today, like kids who read comics and kids who are into more of the you know 
more of that nerd culture, it's more popular than it's ever been, but it doesn't mean it's still as mainstream as, you know, say, listening to Taylor Swift. Well, it's not going to make it cool. And it's it sure as hell going to make you cool. <laughs> and the day that it makes you cool is the day I'm getting out of this. <laughs> but, um, because I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. Anyway, so that's, that's my, that's my goal. And I realized as I was, you know, Again, another dog thing. I realized the other night I was walking the dogs that I've kind of gotten away on this show of of preaching that, of of talking about why I started this show to begin with. And the reason I started this podcast was for librarians and local comic shops to have a voice in the endless voices now. You know, like we have all these big voices out there talking about how popular comics are and how much money can be made here and this and that and the other. And I think it's important for people on the smaller side of that to have a voice and to have a way to share ideas and share their, their stories so that people can realize that comic books and nerddom started as a way to connect people as a way to make people feel less alone. And that's what it should always, always, always be. And that's why I think having a, a not at Comic Con at, at a Tate's comic shop down here in South Florida or having an Instacon, at a library in at a public library in Philadelphia are, are great are great things to do. So thank you, Angel, for talking. I will thank put um I'm gonna put links to the three thousand brigade and all the different cons we talked about on the website, librariansassemble.com. So please visit that and stick around for the interview with Ivy. It's a really good one, everybody. Thanks. Today I'm with Ivy. She's a adult programming and teen programming librarian in Philadelphia. How are you doing today, Ivy? I'm good. Thanks for joining us. So Ivy comes with some bona fide comics credentials from um, everything from just being involved in the industry to hosting a lot of cool programs at her library. So I'm really happy that she's with us today. So thank you again for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So as a programming librarian, what are some kind of programs or events you've done at your library related to comics? Um, Well, we have three comic book reading clubs. We have one for uh, kind of kids in tween, uh, fourth through seventh grade, and then we have one for eighth to twelfth grade. And then we recently launched one for adults because I had adults coming in and asking me all the time why we didn't have one for adults because they were adults of the ones for kids. That's awesome. So, um, what what's kind of the age rate or age range there on the um, adults coming for your adult book club? Well, statistics kind of show that the actual average comic reader is eighteen to Mm -hmm. thirty, but. I've been surprised to see that we have a lot of like retiree age oh, interested. Awesome. You're fifteen above, which is great. I'm that really cool. to talk to them more. Yeah. Yeah, I work um the library I work for, I've said it like I think now a thousand times on the show, is more of like a an elderly community. Mm-hmm. And so I've been trying to like expand their their knowledge of graphic novels. I've done a couple like book clubs just geared toward them at like different times in the day. And now I'm trying to reach like a younger audience. I'm doing in October, I'm going to do a book club for, you know, like 
young adults to you know people in their like early 30s but the the response has been pretty good for the the retirees they really love um from my experience and i'll ask you here in a second um from my experience they really love the the memoir the graphic novel memoirs like, absolutely like fun home and stuff has that been like what you've noticed as well yeah, that it was really Alison Bechdel like yeah. smashed open the door for people in that. Yeah. I know I did a I did like a little readers advisory panel not too long ago, and when I mentioned that it was turned into a musical, like everyone's eyes kind of lit up, and they're like, "Oh, what's this story?" So I thought that was really cool. So what are some um what are some titles that that you've covered in your different um your different book clubs? Um, well, the one is run by one of my programming associates, the mm-hmm. youngest level, um, and he's done a lot of Doug Tenapel, mm-hmm. um, uh, Ghostopolis was a big hit, um, some of the sort of graphic reimaginings of Neil Gaiman's work have also oh, okay. been popular, mm-hmm. like uh, Coraline and the Graveyard Book. Mm-hmm. Um, in my group, we've done I, the high school group, which I run. We've done pretty much <laughs> the whole board. Uh, nice. We've done manga. We've done um, the biggest hit so far. I think, without a doubt, has been Noel Stevenson's Nimona. Oh yeah, they were they were obsessed. Yeah. They talk about it still. <laughs> like that's that's awesome. Yeah, I have a um, I have an eleven year old daughter who's really into that that book. She I catch her reading it all the time. It's a oh, good one. It's a good one, yeah. It's so good. And they loved, the teenagers especially love that Noelle Stevenson, like, does Tumblr fan art of mm-hmm. her own characters. Oh, like, they yeah. were so into that. Yeah, I've noticed that seems to be a, a big driving force, um, which is fans and comic creators these days. Just, you know, Tumblr and Twitter being such a great way for for people to connect and, sh- and share their art and share their, their creations. And I think that's, you know, I think that's been very helpful for you know, library patrons who've come in for these different programs, especially the teens. Oh, yeah. So how did you, um, you're the programming librarian, so I imagine you just had the idea and ran with it, but um, for those who um, want to start these types of book clubs at their libraries, what are some of the steps you took to start your 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 various book clubs? Um, I, I knew there was interest for teen because of exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. Tumblr, um, Twitter, I had teens coming in and asking me for books like Young Avengers or Hawkeye because mm-hmm. they saw it on Tumblr. Um, but I feel like with on Tumblr, they get this sort of contextless void where like <laughs> they see a panel here and there. Yeah. So I thought, you know, we should really be talking about these because there's a lot to unpack in books like Hawkeye, mm-hmm. which deals with all kinds of topics. Um <laughs> So we, I brought it to my director and, you know, initially the group was only two kids. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty inexpensive. <laughs> so, to, yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> um, and now we're up to, it varies between eight and 10. Oh, that's a good number. Yeah. Especially for, for teenagers mm-hmm. of driving age. I'm always impressed when we get new ones, I but, know. um, getting teens to come to any programs where I am is such like pulling teeth, man. <laughs> it's hard. I know. Um, and the geek stuff has been what's worked yeah. for us. I tried million other kinds of teen programs, and we would get some, but not a lot. But mm-hmm. since we focused kind of on comics and geekery and pop culture, we've seen a really big influx. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, yeah. And so um, what has been the turnout for your adult program, just for my own person, since I'm getting ready to start my own adult comic book club? What's the turnout been like that? Been uh, well, we're about to have our first one. Oh, oh, oh. 
so we're doing yeah. this we're doing this interview too early <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah let me let me know how it turns out and i'll add a little amendment before the the, the show goes up people signed up so i hope they all come but... how many people are signed up five. Oh, that's good that's a good number and so what what book are you guys covering uh seconds say? by brian Leo oh Matthew. very good yeah we had a um a guest on not too long ago who did that for a book club too that's a great book yeah, it is it's very good okay so um as a librarian and a big comic book fan and big lover of pop culture, why do you think it's important for libraries to not only carry graphic novels, but, you know, just promote them, you know, through, through your different programs, but also other things related to pop culture? Why do you think that's important for libraries these days? Um, speaking especially to, to comic books, um, traditionally, you know, there's that model you hear about for libraries where it's people come when they're little kids mm-hmm. and then they use their school library through, you know, middle high school college and then they only come back when they have kids Mm -hmm. so you hear that you know um but that's not really a sustainable model anymore Mm -hmm. for libraries you need to engage people at all stages of their life Mm -hmm. and the comic book industry has become a place where that is happening very successfully um pop cultural things are trendy with Little kids who come in wearing a Batman shirt, and obviously they love, you know, Superman or whatever. Teenagers who are engaged with it through things like Tumblr or the Avengers movies. And then you've got, you know, your average comic reader, 18 to 30, that kind of new adult. And now it's starting to branch out into older adulthood, just Mm -hmm. like through memoirs and and the success of things like Persepolis and Fun Home. Um, I think it's a really accessible way for people to engage with the library space because Mm -hmm. pop cultural things are also often something that costs money Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) going to a con is ridiculously expensive Mm -hmm. or you know uh you know movie tickets are pricey comic books are four dollars pop so Mm -hmm. being able to kind of provide a place you're like hey you can have access to this whatever level of it interests you for free mm-hmm. uh yeah, gets people in the door yeah and i've also noticed a lot of libraries i haven't attempted one myself yet I, I will one of these days but a lot of libraries have been hosting their own little mini cons in the library and i think that's that's been wonderful like just to showcase like you said all these free things we have and and you know they're right up everyone's alley and it's a great way to get people in and one of the buzzwords, I don't know if it's really a, a library. Now that I'm out of school, I don't really know what the buzzwords are anymore. But <laughs> I remember um, libraries as a third space has been yeah. has been like a popular a popular way for libraries to market themselves. And I think what you're doing with your book clubs and what a lot, a lot of libraries are doing with their little mini cons is, is a great way to, to do that. Yeah, we actually have a con. Um, we did our second one this summer. Oh, cool. Talk about that a little bit. We have about 500 people attend. Holy mo- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. We're an 11,000 square foot space for wow. the record. So, <laughs> so that, um, was, that was a little comfortable for everybody. <laughs> it was. Um, we did cozy. our first one last year. The oh. idea was brought to me by a 14-year-old who was involved in some of my other teen programming. And mm-hmm. she wanted to go to a con in the area. And she wasn't allowed because it's expensive and mm-hmm. crowded and far away. Um, so she asked if we could have one and actually, um, we, we pulled it off and we invited Kate Leth, mm-hmm. who I knew through the Valkyries, um, to come out 
and she was our guest last year, and That's it was awesome. hugely successful. So we had another one this year, and our guests this year were um, Greg Pak, who's written the wow. uh, Hulk and mm-hmm. Batman Superman, and uh, Brooke Allen, who's the artist on Lumberjanes. Very cool. Yeah, those it was are, great. Those are good catches right there. Yeah, they were, awesome. they were amazing. They were so yeah. sweet. It was yeah. amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> very cool, very cool. So speaking of the Valkyries, <laughs> I'd like to talk to you some about that because I think that's a, a great group. And I'm not going to ex- attempt to explain it. I'm going to I'm going to let you do it. But um, so you are an administrator for the Valkyries, and um, talk a little bit about what that group is and and how you became involved with it. Uh, it is, in its most basic <laughs> uh, definition, a group for women who work in comic book retail. Mm-hmm. Um, it was founded by Kate Leth, who I just talked about a. Mm-hmm comic book writer and artist um who i've been i've been told by my my wife to mention that we are all in the stone household huge kate leth fans so <laughs> she wanted she wanted to make sure that got out there i'm pretty sure i've said it many times now but yes we are all we met her at the miami uh book fair not too long like i think it was like a year ago or so and we've all just fell in love with her work and just her as a personality ever since then oh that's great <laughs> yeah kate's great and uh you know, I mean, she took a risk and came out to a tiny library con in the you... suburbs of Philly. So, God bless, God bless her for that. That's awesome. Okay, so sorry. Back to the Valkyries. <laughs> so the Valkyries, uh, yeah. So Kate founded it, um, and at the time that it was created, I was not a full time librarian. I was still part time, so mm-hmm. I was working in a comic book shop um, as my other part time job. So I just joined up as a woman working in comic book retail. Mm-hmm. Um, after Kate came out to Instacon, which is our library convention, um, she asked me because I was active in the group and I think uh, proved myself to be <laughs> organized and coherent mm-hmm. uh, if I wanted to help out with the uh, administration. There are five of us mm-hmm. who administer the groups. Um, shortly thereafter, I left my comic book job and became a full-time librarian. So I am now helping mostly to run the um, Valhalla, which is mm-hmm. for women who have left their retail jobs cool. uh, but still want to keep the network going. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, it's an amazing network. I've made some of my best friends through yeah. Valkyrie. Yeah, one of my, um, my, my regular co-hosts, if you will, um, she's a, a, she works for a comic shop. Uh, Tate's comics down in uh, Boynton here in, in Florida, and I've I keep sending her the link to join the Valkyries, and she'll get to it. She'll get to it. So if you're listening, Angel, let's do it. All right. <laughs> yeah, she's got to join. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, awesome. <laughs> um, so um, you said something. I want to I want to go back a little bit, and then we can talk more about the Valkyries because I think that's a really cool idea and a cool thing that I think has some relevance to libraries. But um, so you organized the con prior to to meeting Kate Leth or like how did you reach out for those who want to put on a more um official con if you will a more um robust con how did you reach out to these various artists and writers and get them involved what are what are some of the steps you took on that I probably should have had that follow up a little bit ago. <laughs> That's okay. I, I actually get asked that question a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, it's because we have been able to get such kind of big names mm-hmm. for tiny con um this is a audio only so people can't see me crying with jealousy (laughs) there's jealous tears filling my eyes now (laughs) (laughs) um and 
I was in the group and, and Kate is in the group, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and she interacts and helps run it. So we were, you know, friendly online. Um, so I just wrote her an email and was like, Hey, you know, this is what we're doing. I totally understand if you don't want to fly from Canada for this. (laughs) Um, but my, my kids named you as somebody they would want to have come and, uh, you know, we would pay for your travel. And she agreed like, I mean, like 30 seconds later, she's like, yeah, I'll do it. (laughs) Um, but I always tell people that the best way to do this is to send an email. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you don't have their email address, um, Twitter is a really great way to connect with creators Mm -hmm. uh, through Twitter. I've been able to arrange things for my comic club. Like we recently had a Skype Q and a with Kelly Sue DeConnick, which was awesome. Um, and more jealous tears, more jealous tears (laughs) fighting them back. (laughs) So um, you mentioned the um, the monetary aspect of that. So for a lot of libraries out there, um, that's always a big a big hurdle. What was um, how did you approach your administration? What were some of the steps you took as far as securing finally? Like I imagine you had to pay all the artists to come in, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. How like how did that go? Because some uh- I'm, I know some libraries you know are a little. A little looser with the purse strings than others, so I like to hear how other people handle this these things. Well, for Kate, um, at that time, the con really like didn't have a, a budget, mm-hmm. and we didn't really know what we were going to need. And I was like, having her be here will be the main draw, mm-hmm. um, and the rest of it will probably cost us not a lot. So pretty yeah. much a large part of the budget to I would say like 90% of the budget for the first Instacon was just flying Kate out. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, uh, everyone I invited was much closer than okay. Canada. <laughs> um, I would suggest that if, if you're near a city, see who's based out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, New York for us is not very far. Yeah. An Amtrak ticket is less than a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So we were able to get Greg, fairly cheaply mm-hmm. to to bring him out um and brooke similarly was just coming from virginia which wasn't too bad she could take the train yeah that's cool yeah we um we here down in south florida we have whoever retires on on palm beach <laughs> island so we get we get a lot of james patterson and and brad Meltzer and no you know as, i love brad Meltzer, but those are pretty much the the people we get coming in and out a lot but um, so that's really cool. So um, what are some of the other before before I um finish up with your Instacon here? What are some of the other things that you had at your Instacon? What are some different like events or attractions you had there, or or different little crafts or things like that? Um, I also invited a number of local smaller artists, um, people who were trying to kind of make it on the indie and web comics scene. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them just came out for free. And so we had it pretty well stocked with people selling prints. Um, we had our chapter of the Harry Potter Alliance come out. Do you know the Harry Potter Alliance? Oh, wow. Uh, I don't know about the Harry Potter Alliance. And now my daughter, when she listens to this, is going to be very disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, they're awesome. They were at ALA Annual this year. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I didn't make it out there. They, uh, they are a group that is composed of Harry Potter fans mm-hmm. who go out and do kind of literacy and charity initiatives. Oh, wow, awesome. Um, and they came and set up a, like, Ministry of Magic mugshot <laughs> oh, booth, cool. 
which was incredibly popular. Um, we had a cosplay contest um, and encouraged people to make their own costumes. Mm-hmm. And some great. That's really awesome. Awesome. Um, we also, I try to have panels. When, mm-hmm. when I initially planned Instacon last year, I was determined to give them as much of the con experience. Mm-hmm. So we had panels and actually this year, something we did differently that ended up being something that like, made me like the world's proudest, like crying stage mom for my <laughs> teen volunteers uh-huh. was I had all the teen volunteers, uh, from the Instacon committee be the moderators for the panels and oh, write all wow. questions. That's awesome. So they, you know, you have a 14 year old up uh-huh. there like, interviewing Greg Pack about his process. Oh, that's it's, awesome. It's great. <laughs> that, that's not something you're going to find at many other cons. So that's a very unique take on that so that's really cool um so one last thing about that um for selling you said you had different people there selling their work was that a was that an issue with your with your administration or was is that something they were fine with like did you have to get special permission to have people sell because you're a public library right yes yeah so was that any was that any hurdle or was that just smooth sailing what we've done is the visiting artist will or the the authors for the comics mm-hmm. will sell us an amount of their books at okay. cost okay and then they sell them there nice. um we also have we partner with a local comic shop oh, for instacon okay. so i think <clears throat> what happened with one of the guests this year was that she sold her she she bought her books from the shop oh okay to sell, so. okay so those are cool those are cool little workarounds for anyone who would be interested in that, but might run into some kind of administration issues. Okay, let's focus back on on the Valkyries. So, um, how does Valhalla work as far as X retail go? Like, what what are some of the things you you find yourself doing? What what's that what's that networking like? Uh, well, the girls who are still in the Valkyries are also mm-hmm. in Valhalla. Mm-hmm. Um, so you still get to have the you know connection everybody in valhalla still has a monthly pull list so (laughs) you know a lot of the conversation about you know oh my god did you read saga this week i'm crying forever (laughs) still still happens Mm -hmm. um the other administrator um steens stewart Mm -hmm. is also now a librarian oh wow comes from comics retail look at that that's what um, I like to hear. Come on, more people. Yeah, yeah she's in St. Louis. <laughs> and to the dark uh, side. <laughs> we, uh, we're working on some ideas for how to expand it to involve librarians more. Okay, yeah, that's what I was going to talk to you about that as well. So um, what do you think some of the benefits of, of such a group like this is? Like, how have you benefited? Obviously, we, we've heard a little bit, but, um, you know, what what do you think some of the benefits are of having a group like that and then to piggyback off of that how how could something like that translate to libraries it's really helpful with programming Mm -hmm. um making connections especially uh if you're going to do comic book programming at a library having a connection with your local comic book shop is like integral Mm -hmm. um in in a lot of ways because they can offer you resources um especially for like it's very easy when we decided to expand our graphic novel collection it was very easy to throw it onto me because i'm a giant nerd so i was like <laughs> well, i know what's popular i know mm-hmm. what's gonna go but for a lot of librarians who are maybe trying to get in on the the trend for comics mm-hmm. um 
having that resource as like a don't give saga to a kid or <laughs> like yeah. you know you want to have these dc titles and mm-hmm. you know um a lot of the valkyries have actually been asked to come and speak at their local libraries recently um about you know comic book art or you know, they want to give a workshop on overstreet pricing or something mm. like that. Um, <laughs> That's cool. So it's good for, for networking in that sense. Um, it's also a really good place to meet people to work with creatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people can be paired with artists if you, you need an artist for something or a designer mm. or you know, you want to have a make your own comics workshop and you can't draw a straight line <laughs> like me. <laughs> Preaching to the choir. <laughs> so, um, the group is primarily for retail. Mm-hmm. And, um, is there any talk? I know you said you were talking to somebody else. Um, what are the chances of this expanding? Like if they're, you know, for all the, the lady librarians listening out there who want to jump in on this, what are, um, what are the plans involving that? If you, if you can, speak to it a little bit um the main valkyries group was is always going to remain just for retail Mm -hmm. um and that is because we receive retailer previews yes um from from diamond and Mm -hmm. various creators and yeah those have to stay (laughs) in retail Um, (laughs) but uh valhalla we've we've been having some pretty serious discussions recently about expanding it out to include librarians Mm -hmm. Um, just because a Steens and I are librarians, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and we know the ways in which they would benefit. And mm-hmm. also because, you know, they are such a, a part of the comic book industry now. Mm-hmm. Very um, much so, yeah. Comic publishers really want to connect with libraries and, mm-hmm. and get their books in libraries and creators are very willing to work with librarians. So the idea being that we'll expand it out and it'll kind of help everybody. The girls who are still in retail will be mm-hmm. able to connect and, so, you know, hopefully we can get all the kinks ironed out. It's not, the five of us are all individually extremely yes. busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, when the kinks get, get ironed out, if you want to come back and, and talk about it and promote it, I'd, I'd love to hear about it. I think it's a great program. Yeah. Okay. So um, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about collection development here. You um, you mentioned in, that you do some ordering of the graphic novels for your library, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um. What would you recommend for what do, what are some essential graphic novels you would recommend for a library's collection? Um, you know, different you know, different types, like for adults, all ages books, things like that. What what do you what do you want to see on a library shelf when you go in there? Uh I always tell people the the best short list just reference is is to look at the Eisner winners. Mm-hmm. Um personally uh, for adults, I think, you know, clearly you want to have the graphic memoirs like Stitches and mm-hmm. Persepolis and uh, anything by Alison Bechdel. <laughs> um, I also, you know, books like Hawkeye, Saga, mm-hmm. Pretty Deadly um, kind of show that a library is listening to what people are actually reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are also books that I find you can engage non-comic readers with if you yeah. can get them to give it a shot. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, having the big canonical books, uh, <laughs> Arkham Horror and, mm. uh, 
all-star Superman and Marvels and things like that to <laughs> yeah. try to keep the core collection. Cause I think a lot of libraries get caught up in trying to buy every single big two trade that comes out in a month. And there's just like so, it's, so many. Yeah. yeah, bog you down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good it's for not, a whole budget. Yeah. Just trying to keep up. So yeah, I like the idea, like you were saying, have, have a good core collection and then just kind of, keep up with with some of the trends i mean i think that that's a great a great mindset what about some all-age titles what do you think are some all important all-age titles libraries should carry uh i used this one summer uh mm, very this, good yeah. a caldecott winner now um yeah. in my my teen graphic novel group and it sparked some of the best discussions we've ever had in awesome. that group so i would absolutely recommend libraries have a copy and um I also try to order uh, books with diverse leads for my library a mm-hmm. lot. Um, uh, any Miles Morales Spider-Man mm-hmm. is, is a pretty great all-ages title. Um, I find he's one of the most accessible. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I, I love Peter Parker, but yeah, Miles Morales is, is great. And it's a great entry to just Spider-Man for anyone who's catching up now, you know? Yeah, exactly. He's he's so like very accessible and, mm-hmm. and I've yet to give that book to a kid who didn't come back and be like, I need all of the rest of this please. <laughs> I need more now. Thank you. <laughs> uh, very cool, very well. And you mentioned um Nimona earlier. Oh Nimona so, and yeah. Lumberjanes, absolutely yeah. both. Very good. Okay, so uh before we wrap up, let's um talk about some some things on Ivy's reading list here. So what are some comics you're currently reading and really enjoying these days? I'm really loving the new gem book. <laughs> that is not that is not the first time I've heard that on this podcast and I've still yet to correct my mistake of having yet read it. So now so, I really need to get to it. It is so good. Um I really have, have enjoyed the Doctor Fate relaunch mm-hmm. that just happened. Um I've been reading that a lot. And the new the new Constantine book that's being written by Ming Doyle. I, uh, I haven't picked that one up yet. Oh, it's it's great. It reminds me a lot of old Hellblazer, and there's a lot of introspective mm-hmm. angsting about ghosts. Okay. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm a big Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, mm, yeah, very strong, good strong ladies of Marvel, <laughs> strong ladies of Marvel. It sounds like a Saturday morning wrestling show. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Any any other titles you like to recommend? Um, I mean, there's always the holy trifecta of Saga, <laughs> Rat Queens, and Wicked and Divine. Oh, which... Wicked and Divine. I just, my my last podcast was just gushing over that one. That's, that's my, that's my obsession right now. <laughs> oh, it's so, it's so good. And another book that will make you cry forever. <laughs> is, yeah, man. Stop. I don't want to cry over comics. What's, <laughs> what's happening in this world? <laughs> yeah, it's very good. Okay. So, um, any other things you'd like to talk about as far as libraries and comics go? Any other programming ideas you you'd like to share with anyone listening? Um, well, I am actually. Uh, if anyone's at New York Comic Con mm-hmm. next month, uh, we'll be on a panel about comic book programming in libraries. Oh, very awesome! Um, with a couple of really cool people from Rutgers University who who cool. do this academically. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, you know. There's always a, an accessible point, I think, mm-hmm. with comic book groups where you can start small and then build. Because mm-hmm. once you have that core, 
you know, your, your book group, your comic book reading club, um, if you start to build out and do a craft night or eventually go to a con mm-hmm. you know, at your library, you'll always have that core group because nerds are very good at being dedicated. <laughs> That's one thing we're good for. We're very loyal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So before we get out of here, let's, let's promote some of your stuff. Where, where can people find you? What are some things you're up to? Uh, well, I, like I said, I'll be in New York Comic Con. Besides New York Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, I'm always on Twitter at Ivy Noel. Uh, I tweet too much, but I also <laughs> like to answer questions on Twitter. So if anyone ever has questions about programming, they can reach me there. Awesome. Uh, other than that, it's right now it's actually like, you know slow season for me it's oh, kind of nice. That's nice right yeah i bet get, get some z's <laughs> very cool so um do you for your new york uh comic con appearance do you have a a time or any information on that where people if people are gonna stop by or yeah um it's called geeks in the stacks uh, and it is gonna be on thursday at five fifteen in the afternoon very cool all right everyone hit up the new york comic con go see go see ivy one of our one of the latest and greatest of the librarians assemble librarians. Mm. So thank you again for being on. I really appreciate it. A lot of a lot of good information um, as far as programming goes. I really appreciate it. And if you ever want to come back or you have any any new programming ideas you'd like to share, please don't hesitate to uh, to let me know. And you'll always, the door is always open. Sure. Awesome. Thanks for having me. No problem. Take care. You too. that's our episode thanks for listening again don't forget you can find us on twitter it's at assemble podcast facebook is facebook.com slash librarians assemble the website where you can find everything you could possibly want to know about this show is librariansassemble.com i'm also part of another podcast called comic flops i do it to friends of mine nick and jess we talk about some of the more disappointing comic book movies in history and what went wrong and what might have gone better than people thought. So check that out. You can find that on our website again, librariansassemble.com or iTunes, Stitcher, or Player.fm. Okay, we'll be back in two weeks. Our guest will be Andy, a public librarian in Annapolis, Maryland. We're going to talk a lot about collection development and other fun stuff, so please check that one out. All right, have a good two weeks. See you guys soon.